Tuesday with Bo Marchant, covering the NFL Draft at CollegeToPro.com and the NFL Draft Bible, covering the Steelers for Sports Illustrated, living and running in Eastern Ohio, and on Twitter X at Bo Marchant. Here's Bo with Bryant and Brett. Bo Marchant joining us to talk the NFL and a lot to get to. Trade deadline day. Also, another Who does the week NFL in the book. Think it is I mean, Major really? League Baseball on trade deadline day. I mean, good lord, it's it's incredible. But Bo, before we do any of that, I got to tell you, it's cold here in Memphis. Me and Brett are both uh, very much against the cold. That means it's under fifty. Here. Yeah, it's like forty six right now. But yeah. what's the weather like up in Ohio right now? Well, I I'm like a I'm like a husky, so I'm like I'm starting to find my element. It's like forty five degrees, <laughs> so I, I it's I'm right in your wheelhouse. It is. I'm starting to get the comments because I run with no shirt and I'm getting, uh, you know, it's, what do you, you know? So no, I, I am, I am, I am finding my my place. Trust me, I'm, I'm becoming very happy because, uh, you know, I, I I'm becoming a winner person. It's against wow. the norm, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting for this. Actually. And I lied. It's 51 here. It <laughs> gave us a couple. Being of a winner person will never be said about me. No. The day I can get to somewhere. And I can wear shorts 300 days a year, and I'm not talking about in 45 degree weather like you without a shirt on. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get there. Bo, give us our give us a running update. Give me the number of days and tell our listeners uh, again uh, just what an ultra marathoner you are. Uh well, I've been fortunate enough. I haven't missed a day of running. I run three miles a day every day since January 4th of 1998. Good lord. So. Um, the birth of my kids, the death of family and friends. Uh, three times I've had COVID. I did something really bad to my knee about a month and a half ago. It popped, snapped. That was a that was a uh, that was a that was a scary one, guys. The next day, that was uh, I wasn't sure if we'd be able to manage, but we we got through it very slowly and uh, kind of getting back to normal. Yesterday was actually uh, kind of put the throttle down a little bit, but but that said, uh, you know. Um, it's football season, so I'm Heck excited yeah. to talk about uh, Week 8 and uh, what a crazy weekend. It, it was one, and in Pittsburgh, the team you cover very closely, uh, you cover the whole league, but you cover the Steelers much closer than anyone else. Uh, Bo, you know, we, we thought at the end of Ben it was because of that, and then we thought offensive line. They just can't get any answers on offense. No, I was I was laughing. I mean, uh, Will Levis, the rookie from Tennessee, has four touchdown passes in one game. <laughs> Uh, the Steelers have six touchdown passes throughout the season, so that just shows you how in depth the offense has been. And but they can't run it either. Najee has been very disappointing. Know. Yeah, it, and that's the thing. It, it you, you could they can point to Matt Canada, you can point to the O line, you can point to Najee Harris. Can't you can blame Randy Finger. <laughs> no, you cannot. And it's it's they're not good. They're at least what they're trying to do isn't successful. And it's it's been like this since last season. And it's hard. It, it really is hard to. Uh, point a finger to one thing because it is it's, it's it's eleven guys working in unison. It's a it's a coach calling plays that they have to execute. Uh, but right now, even even last week, watching them against Jacksonville, it's just an ugly product. And they've had their wins, but ugly wins. And it looked at one point, you know, Jacksonville was up six nothing, two field goal attempts. They're going in the score again, or at least put more points on the board. Another turnover. And the Steelers drive down the field, and we're we're in the press box laughing. As as bad as they are been playing, they might actually take the lead of this game seven to six. <laughs> now the Jaguars held them, and uh, they you know they set up for a Chris Boswell field goal, so it was six three. 
but eventually, you know, the, the, the Jaguars pulled away. But, you know, it's just a, it's that type of football. I call it like, you know, that bend but break type mentality. You, you can only do that for so long. And, it and, always and counting on Counting on big plays by your defense, that's, that's not the way to, you're going to win football games. It's, you know, it's just too much to ask week in and week out, especially when the offense is so, so, so bad at getting points in the end zone. Well, you mentioned Will Levis, and the the day he had on Sunday was remarkable. And those sweet uh, Oilers jerseys for the uh, oh. for the Titans those were those were sweet. Um, but what would you make of that debut? I mean, an unbelievable debut for the rookie. And what do you see with this Titans team going forward? Is Will Levis the future? <laughs> well, after that performance, Brian, <laughs> I mean, they have to be. Uh, you know, how happy were the Titans to say, hey, you know, we're going to put this rookie in and see what he did. I mean, they took him in the second round out of Kentucky. So he looked fabulous. And it, it, I, I think another thing is, you know, you got a guy in DeAndre Hopkins who's a superstar type talent. And I, I just think to get him going is yeah. as critical as anything. As, you know, you could add Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill back there doing their thing. But one, they got Hopkins involved. And eventually, as they, you know, were able to push the ball down the field, you know, Henry came alive. So it's a good sign for Tennessee. We know Vrabel's a heck of a coach. He's going to have that team prepared. They're a gritty football team. Uh, you know, it's one game, but nonetheless, you know, we've seen a lot of other quarterbacks. And look, put it this way. I mean, Jordan loves them playing how long? How does he look? I mean, if you get it, you get That's it. Right. Justin Herbert got it. I mean, guys just get it. And, I, you know, everybody's going to have bad days. The best, look at Patrick Mahomes this past weekend against the Broncos. I know the hands not he wasn't feeling all that well, but nonetheless, you know Patrick Mahomes did not play well at all. But hey, even the greatest have days where you kind of say, "Hey, you know what? <laughs> this wasn't my best, but I'll get back at it next Sunday." And both sometimes quarterbacks that we think have gotten it, then they don't have it anymore. And <laughs> Bryant and I, and you as well, every week with us, we warned and we said hit the brakes a little bit on Brock Purdy mania. I didn't think Joe Montana or Steve Young or John Brody or maybe even Jeff Garcia should step aside in San Francisco. Heck, now it's looking like Steve Bono didn't need to step aside in San Francisco. Uh, How has this uh, come such a cropper for Brock Purdy? Well, I think one of the the things, and this is, I think, goes to Kyle Shanahan, and I I think he's fabulous. And you know, but when you're not doing things well, that's when we have to critique you. That's what we do. When, you, when you're playing like the best team in football, which they were, 42-10 win over Dallas in, what, week five, they look like the team that would be, you know, they would be in the Super Bowl and they would win the Super Bowl. Since then, they've lost three straight games. But I think the, 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 the 49ers aren't built to come from behind. They're built to get ahead and stay on top of you. And I think it changes how Brock Purdy plays. I think it changes how the defense can get after the opponent. It just change, changes the whole mentality of what they're built on. I, I believe, I think Purdy has five interceptions within this five-game lose or three-game losing streak. The previous five games, he had zero. So, you know, he's having his mistakes, and we're not going to write him off and say, you know, they got to, you know, look somewhere else. But turnovers are a big cause. But, but he's throwing he, floaters. I mean, he's throwing you know, hitting yeah. balls. Well, because it's, it's, there's so much play action in Shanahan's offense, and now you kind of got to push the ball. You're, you know, you're out of your element. You're not doing the certain things that you're able to do normally. As the, you know, as San Francisco, they've been so dominant. I mean, you know, I, you know, I mean, each win. I mean, I, I don't know their scores, but I know their wins have been big against their opponents prior to this three-game losing streak. So I, I just think it's 
the dynamic of how Shanahan's offense and defense is built and how they execute those. And when they're winning early, they can do that. I think when they get in a tight game, they fall behind. It's a whole different concept. And there's more to it than that. But I think that's just one of those little things where you really kind of look in deeper to how that offense is built and what Shanahan does. And I think when they got to get vertical late and, and really change the dynamics of what they do best, they struggle. And we've seen that with the, the, you know, the three losses. And, and, and credit the Bengals. I, I thought there was no way on earth the Bengals were going to go out to the West Coast and win that game. I just I could not imagine San Francisco losing three straight. But Burrow played fantastic. He looks about as healthy as he can be. And, it, you know, it, it, you know they, this is, I guess, this really is Zach Taylor and – the Cincinnati Bengals mo is you know, you know, like you know, you know, h e l double hockey sticks to the first month of the season. Yeah. Where, you know, we'll start our we'll start the year in October or you know November and and go from there. Bo uh, Brett knows that I have the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, championship parade <laughs> route already diagrammed in my in my binder. It's actually very. I mean, everything's bigger in te- Texas. Impressive. It's very uh, extravagant. And Brian it's be came in today scene. dressed as a Texan. Yeah, I, I'm dressed like a cowboy. Looks today. like he came in from the oil um, fields in Midland. Yeah, so uh, so we're all ready. Uh, I'm ready to crown the the Cowboys again after that win over the weekend, and and I want to hear your thoughts on it. But I understand that's not a great question. It's a question I'm sure you assume. I would ask. So I want to ask you about the Cowboys getting C.D. Lamb more involved. When you look at these past two weeks, 12 receptions this past weekend for 158 yards, 7 receptions the week before for 117 yards. Uh, That is uh, 2 out of the 3 times through 7 games he's recorded over 100 yards this season. What do you make of the Cowboys getting C.D. Lamb more involved in the offense? Well, they have to. And and I, I think he had a big game against the Jets. I think he had another, you know, 100-plus, 150-yard game against New York, and that was a big win. So, uh, you know, as they get him involved, he's the playmaker. I think he's the the biggest playmaker absent of Tony Pollard on the field. So you you got to get him involved. you got to get him involved in a lot. And we saw that they got out to an early lead, and, and it was just a – you know, the Rams are a sneaky team, and we know Stafford got dinged up during the game. He wasn't 100%. But nonetheless, you, you still got to knock your opponent out, and – and the and the the Cowboys were able to do that. A fantastic game by Dak Prescott. You know, there's so much criticism surrounding him, and I don't think it's it might be well not well deserved, but you know, I think it's the question. And you're the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot on your plate. You're America's team. You're the quarterback of America's team. You're going to have to play really good all the time. Or you know, you're going to have some harsh criticism. You know, surrounding it's heated you. overreaction, yeah. good and bad. Yeah, yeah, and then that's part of it, but. Frank, to answer your question, um, I mean, they're sitting at 5-2. and two, Winners are the last two. Uh, I think when they go to Philadelphia next week, I think next Tuesday we'll talk about should you crown your yeah, Dallas I'll Cowboys. I'll, I'll that, write that, that down. Yeah, that's, your, that's the test because they were, they were embarrassed by the 49ers. Mm, yeah. I don't Lost put a lot of stock in the Chargers. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't put a lot of stock in the win against the Chargers. And, and then you have a win against the Rams who, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, they could fix with nine wins, which would be very respectable. But I don't think anyone thinks, even if the Rams are a wild card team, that they're going to make a lot of noise. It's more of a, a favorable schedule down the stretch of their opponents, and that's that's just predicting, you know, schedule prediction type stuff where you're thinking, well, they could beat the Giants, they could beat the Panthers, blah blah blah. But you got to you got to line up and you know look at some of the you know this past weekend again some some weird games, some weird endings, and you know the football. Uh, you know, it's fun to see this particular year. I mean, the 49ers look so good. 
now they're four and three. It's it's amazing to think that you know you would have said, hey, who's going to have the number one seed hands down, and and you would never have thunk that. But mm. lo and behold, uh, you know they're they're on a little bit of a slide. And there's Pete Carroll at five and two, huh. and the the drill they have down every every year they they have it down when they have to go cross country to play a game, and they have to do it this week, a noon game in Baltimore. Out of that game will be. Somebody we can believe in. The winner of that game. If the Ravens win at home, okay, 7-2, and two, Lamar, all that good stuff. But if Seattle comes cross-country and pulls the upset, then I think you need to uh, look out for Seattle this year. Yeah, I mean, 9-8 and eight last year. I mean, they made the playoffs. And, it, you know, credit Pete Carroll with Geno Smith having faith and foresight to believe in this kid and, and not do anything erratic in the draft or – Free agency wise to you know bring somebody in they, they they felt comfortable with him after they traded Russell Wilson and you know again another team where you you look at this team and I think this team can be better they were active during the trade deadline they acquired Leonard Williams the defensive end defensive tackle from the Giants who's had his ups and downs with New York but I mean when he's on he's on and they've been craving D line help for a long time. And uh, Ujichi Oenzewe or whatever, uh, I can't pronounce his name correctly, um, he went out in the IR. He was a big sack guy, so um, they're just plenishing that defense. I like the move, um, but we know Baltimore is playing great. Lamar Jackson playing at MVP level. That's a, that'd be a, I mean, they pull that one out, that's a, that's a nice game to pull out. Big-time so game with two big-time coaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, traveling, you know, traveling east and, and taking on Baltimore in that environment, you come back home to the West Coast with the victory uh you can pat yourself on the back. Happy that, charter. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. You're definitely gonna. That's a flight where you're gonna not mind getting on the flight and you know enjoying the rest of the trip, celebrating with your teammates. But if not, it's a long flight home. Talking to Bo Marchant, he joins us every week to talk the NFL. I'm curious your thoughts on the Monday night football game last night between the Lions and the Raiders. On one side, Detroit gets Jameer Gibbs going his first 100-plus yard rushing game, 152 yards and a touchdown. On the other side, uh, the Raiders only had one listed receiver with two receptions uh, in yesterday's game. Every other receiver had only one. Josh Jacobs had two. Tight end Austin Hooper all also had two. Uh, what did you make both sides of this game last night? Well, I, the, the Raiders are a bad football team. Yeah. I didn't think they could get, uh, you know, to, you know, Josh McDaniels, you know, we've seen success, you know, Bill Belichick Browns uh, to the Patriots, boom, Pete Carroll Patriots to the Seahawks, boom, you know, great success, but it doesn't happen all the time. You know, mm-hmm. Adam Gaze, Dolphins, Jets, never successful. Uh, and I think Josh McDaniels, Broncos, and now here in, in Las Vegas, I just I just don't think a head coach is what he is. He's a good play caller. He he fits in New England. And when it's all said and done, I believe if Belichick's still in New England, he'll be back as the Patriots OC. It just seems like that's where he's destined to be. Uh, just a bad performance by the Raiders all around. I actually thought last night might be the game where they really kick-started the season on Josh Jacobs. And we know he was a late guy that signed with the contract issues, but he led the league in rushing last year. He's been quiet all year, but I thought last night, prime time, you know, just hey, to send a message. We're going to play gritty, and nonetheless, you, you would have thought that by looking at the stats by the receivers, but that wasn't the case either. And then for the Lions, you know, I, you, you, know you, you, beat, you beat up a bad team, but it goes back to, you know, you know, a win against the Chiefs week one, I get that. Then you lose to Seattle. You beat the Falcons. You beat the Packers. You beat the Panthers. You beat the Bucks. You get destroyed 
by the Ravens. And then you come home and you plead, beat a bad Raiders team. So I, I know they're a good football team, but I, I don't think they're, you know, they're, you know, you should beat the bad teams, but, you know, and I just, I have my, I'm leery again to just put them in the same category as the Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, some of the upper echelon teams that we consider at this point. I'm still not putting all my, uh, marbles in that basket because they they got to beat a, a you know a good good football team and i'm not using the week one game i mean that's a lot of you know the preseasons there's really not a lot of repetitions in terms of the starters knowing what they're doing so that's a you know that's that's an opening night with not a lot of practice so they won but since then i'm again i'm leery especially i mean you know the loss to seattle i mean if you look at the schedule seattle and the ravens i mean those are probably the two best teams they've played and they lost both of them Bo, I'm not going to do the research, but I'm going to hazard a guess that it's been a long time. Uh, the answer to my huh. question is it's been a long time, and you're you're a, you're a part of it this weekend with the open with the open dates for Denver, Detroit, San Francisco, and Jacksonville. So that's four teams that have they have the the week off. The Thursday night game in Pittsburgh at Acrisure Stadium, where you'll be covering the Tennessee Titans at Pittsburgh. The, the Sunday night game that we're all settled into now with Buffalo at Cincinnati and Monday night football, a staple for over 50 years. Only 10 Sunday afternoon NFL games. When was the last time we only had 20 teams playing from noon to five, uh, 6 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon central time? It's been a while. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, somebody, there was somebody who would know that, and we have the statisticians and the ability to answer that question. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. You know, the Thursday night game throws you off, especially if you have to cover it, because you're just thinking mindset of Sunday, 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 and, you know, lo and behold. Uh, yeah, today's you know, Friday for you, isn't it? I'm sorry? Today is like Friday for you, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's weird because I'll be in Pittsburgh Thursday for the Steelers, and then I'll be in Pittsburgh Saturday um, for Florida State. And, and Bo, you, you've broken up on us. You've gotten in a bad cell. We can barely hear you. Okay. Can there you, you hear go. me now? All good now, yeah. Okay. All right. You, you got um, out of your vehicle, didn't you? No, I'm actually sitting at my kitchen table, and I haven't moved. <laughs> wow. Weird, wow. You, you yeah, l- literally yeah. moving an inch, did it? <laughs> yeah, I, all I did was move my phone over like uh, three inches to the right, well, and you it. said you could hear me. Hey, yeah. it goes a long way, Dan. That's fine. Yeah, and then I got the Florida State uh, Panthers game on Saturday, so I'll be there a couple times this week. Oh, and we very rarely dive into college football with you, except for scouting and analysis. What was Pat Narduzzi thinking, just unloading on his team? That season's over for the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. At, uh, you know, we talked about it in the cafeteria Saturday or Sunday during the Steelers game. We were, you know, every all the writers we were discussing that and. That's we call it like maybe a Narduziism, where this kind yeah. of a, you know, he kind of says some things sometimes, and uh, you know, it, if you know him, it's you uh, could be like, how else could you take it? But it, it's in a weird way. It's it's I guess we're accustomed to it, but it's it's not that you know. I guess on the outside looking in, it does look very strange and very like, wow, what did that guy say? I think if you're around it enough. You know, it, it's it's just a, a weird, it's not, it, it, it gets, it's not that, I shouldn't say not that bad. But, but his just, team's uh, Twitter reaction to it, the quote yeah. tweeting of it, they crushed yeah. him. Well, uh, can, can I, I hate saying this publicly, but because we have to go down there and share the same parking lot with the, the pit players. The pit players are the most awful parkers. <laughs> they, they probably, 
They probably waste. I, I, I even today, like I had to go find somewhere else to park, and it just it drives you nuts. There's at least, and it's such a cram little uh, parking lot, but we miss. You have, there's at least four parking spots that are completely obliterated because of a Christmas. Drives me crazy, but they're guys. Yeah, and. You're just, and I, I always joke around. I'm like, if you can't park, then you can't understand a playbook either. So I just, I just, <laughs> I, I'm with you, Bo. And, and there's a lot of much bigger things in life that I would really, really sincerely like to see. I would love for some peace to come to our world in the Middle East and in Eastern <laughs> Europe. I would love for any childhood cancer to be cured in the next 30 seconds sure. at St. Jude downtown. Those are really big aspirational uh-huh. things. So before we get to those big things, here's two little bitty things out of life I want. Everybody park between the lines uh-huh. and roll your stinking <laughs> cart back at Walmart. <laughs> I, like it. I, I feel on this. And, and uh, I don't know how much time he goes, but a uh, real quick story because it's Halloween. I, I did a story on all the Steelers guys. I asked different guys, but I thought Nate Herbert, their, their, their offensive lineman, had a really fun story. I said, hey, what was your favorite costume that you wore growing up? He goes, well, it actually wasn't mine. He goes, it was my older brother. He bought a sumo suit, and then he said he took his pajama pants, Nate's pajama pants, and then he threw mustard on the chest of the sumo suit, and he said he went as Nate. He said he went as Nate <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, I've just figured, I, I, when he told me that, I, I was just laughing, and I just figured that's just a fun story. It's Halloween, and a good Halloween story to share with the, with the, the listeners. That is. That's a great story. Well, Bo, thanks so much. Happy Halloween to you. Thanks for joining us, and we'll do it again next Tuesday. Hey, after that Eagles game, we're going to find out if it's trick-or-treat for them Cowboys. Well, well we will. And, it's going to be a treat, I can already assure and, you. And we know the reaction will be over the top either way. Well, you know, now he, you know, the one thing about him, even if even if the Cowboys lose 50 to nothing, he's going to be very optimistic that they'll go to him next time. So. Always a glass, glass half-full approach, Bo. That's my way of life. We'll talk to you later, That's Bo. That's a good way to live. Have later, a great guys. week. Thanks, Bo. Stay, stay safe. You got it. Bo Marchant joining us every single Tuesday to talk the NFL. We didn't get to trade deadline with him. A lot talk uh, with him about we'll do that uh, next Tuesday when he joins us. Well, Brett mentioned earlier, I have worn my Halloween costume today. I'm dressed as a cowboy. Looking good, And, too. Brett, I think it's a good look. I think uh, I think it's going to start being my look, and I know where I need to go because I'm lacking one thing for this, and it's a pair of boots. But I know where I'm going. We got this done oh. by the end of the week. Oh, I know where I'm going. I'm heading there. First opportunity I have, and you should too. That's Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, even Rubber boots. They have boots for absolutely every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they've got you covered with every brand imaginable, like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean. Whether for men or women, they've got clothing like jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best de- duck head collection that you'll find. Charles and Laurel, they invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville or to HewlettDunn.com. They've also got you covered for accessories, too, like hats, sunglasses, 
glasses, boot care products, and every area team snapback and cool hat you can think of. Whether it be for the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got it. And for travel, the bag selection is absolutely top-notch. HewittDunn.com, but please head out to Carterville. Give Charles and Laura Hall a visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, we need to get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. From the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, Good and Gene Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Back into sports time. Bryant and Brett with you as we've got about 30 minutes left in today's show. we got to talk about what's trending in a, a couple different ways we could go here during this segment. But uh, I want to start off with the James Harden trade. We talked a little bit about it earlier in the show, uh, but uh, what did you make of that trade? 1 o'clock in the morning, we all woke up to it bright and early this morning and already been completed for 4 or 5 hours. I liked what Philadelphia got in return. And for somebody in the West, DeMichael Cole had a really good tweet today, the Grizzlies beat writer from, from the Commercial Appeal. Only one team's going to the NBA Finals from the West. Yeah, Only two are going to the Western Conference Finals. Two big-time teams are going to be left out. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody in the West with the go-for-it mentality, especially at the top, Mm-hmm. That one, two, three, four that was starting a week ago tonight when the NBA played last Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and we said that there's your Western Conference Final Four. Oh yeah, and and now who knows? I mean, it's uh, it has changed a lot. I was probably lo- more solidified today, a week sure. later. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was looking at the Clippers depth chart, projected depth chart. Now that the James Harden trade has gone through, this is over at ESPN. They've already updated it. They have the starting lineup going forward. Now, a couple of injuries here um, that could obviously change you, but with everybody healthy, your starters would be James Harden, Paul George, Terrence Mann, Kawhi Leonard, and uh, Ivaka Zubak uh, at the five. I think hanging on to Mann was critical for them in the deal. Huge. I mean, I saw a lot of people saying Clippers win this trade only because they, they were able to keep mm-hmm. Terrence Mann, which a lot of people going into this thought that that would be impossible to do um, for well, the Clippers. Well, I like what Philly got back. I do but too. It's go for it time for the Clippers. I just don't think he or they will yeah. be there even in the Western Conference Finals. No, you're right. A, a haul for the 76ers. I mean, got some really good players. Marcus Morris, I, I think, can still give you something. Robert Covington is one of those vets that you mm-hmm. like having on your roster. Nicholas Batum can give you something. KJ Martin. But then you also get two first round picks. A couple years down the road, two second rounders, and then a pick swap. So, I mean, you're getting a ton in return for James Harden. You don't have to tell KJ Martin to let it fly. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so, no, I, I like this this trade for both sides. Um, but, like you said, I do think Clippers maybe get a better grade here because they were able to hang on to Terrence Mann. Now, my question is Russell Westbrook coming off the bench for this team, I don't know how happy he'll be. Coming off the bench, I know he's done it, but 
as maybe your your role going forward coming off the bench, I don't know how much Russell Westbrook's going to go for that. He has not accepted it well in the past, uh-uh. and time has marched on. That's true. That's very true. But I think he's playing a, a little better this year than, than Three he has undefeateds, in Yeah. only two winless. And the Grizzlies huh. are one the Grizzlies of the two. With, uh, with You know who the other winless team is. And they expected to be. And they have a former Grizzly on as one of their front runners on Premier their team. Premier players. Dylan Brooks and the, and the Rockets. But yeah, you're right. They knew they were going to be... Yeah. Uh, they were they kind were of the start of we the were. rebuild. No, we were not. And obviously injuries have, have something to do with it, but... Um, it's it's hard for a fan base. It's hard for any fan base to start the season with so much hope, so much excitement, and then lose the first four games of the season. I, I'm not, I'm not freaked out over it. Uh, would it be at zero and seven? Probably, more? Pro- I mean, probably not much more. No, but it'd be a little more. I think. Got out to zero and eight, nine, ten. Let's see. Hold on. Let me let's pull up the schedule. I've got it. Uh, okay. Utah tomorrow night at Portland Friday at Portland Sunday. Okay. 07 could happen. Oh, if I don't you, think I mean I don't think a Portland sweep. But I was it about could. to say, Brett, if, if we're coming in after the weekend talking about being swept against Portland, I think then you hear a lot of talk going Football on. Football freak. I think it's getting close. That Portland team has not yeah. been good. At Week all. from tomorrow night, FedEx Forum against Miami. Tough game. That following Friday night, home against Utah. Tough game. And then a really. Brutal. Tough fed. road trip at Clippers at Lakers mm-hmm. in Los Angeles and at San Antonio. Yeah. And then right after that, you have to come back right. the very next day for a game against Boston. 0-12 is full bore free. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For Goes sure. to 10? Uh, yeah. yeah, probably. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. You know what the answer will be at 0-12? What's that? Fire Ryan Silverfield. <laughs> That, that'll do it. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. He's bringing down everybody. Brian, I, I, at the f- top of the 4 o'clock hour when we were going to break, I'm sorry that I did, but I, I'd already taken my earbuds out because mm. you were getting ready to throw yeah. the break, and you were reading yeah. a, a text, uh-huh. and I can't remember, I th- was it from Reggie? Reggie, that's correct. Would you read that again, please? Sure. Because I'm sorry both to the – to Reggie and to you and to the listening audience, I had taken my earbuds oh, out and fine. I'd kind of checked out during the break. I'm completely sorry. Fine, completely fine. It I, happens. I didn't even. I just brought it up because it had just come in okay. right when we were going but off. Please and, re- and reread that. For I wanted, you know, we appreciate everybody for texting in. We definitely we appreciate Reggie. So I wanted to. You don't have to, to agree uh, with us. Yeah, to, to get his text out no there. Harm, it was no right foul. in front of me. He also sent in another text message a couple minutes later. So I'll also read that. But okay, this is the do. one um, that I said before we get, got to a break. Sports media is entitled to their opinion of Ryan and the fans are too. We will see. May I stop right please, there? Please, please. He, he could not be more right. We yeah. want that. Absolutely. Now, we're going to have, we're going to advocate for our side too. Absolutely. Please for sure. continue. Uh, uh, Let's see. So, uh, sports media is entitled to their opinion of Ryan. So are the fans. We will see who is right at the end of the year. Go Tigers. That's just really reasonable. It is. I, I heard the end of it without the earbuds uh-huh. in, just through the, yeah, the, the glass. Through the and I thought, what a really good text. Yeah. And then he said, and then he also said, this was uh, at the top of the hour when we were talking to Brent, and we started that conversation talking about Clemson. And uh, his text said, if Clemson fans are a bunch of doubters at six and six, why can't Memphis fans be doubters for not winning the AAC? I don't think it's entirely apples to apples, but I, no. I, I, I can understand that uh, where Temple was ranked in the preseason for mm-hmm. one, 
doesn't correlate to where the, the Tigers were not picked right. to win the AAC right. in the preseason. Yeah. I think we're third or fourth. What were they? Third. Third. Oh, third. I think, no, I think fourth. I think they were right okay, behind so us. So a little difference there. Yeah, and but Clemson not entirely was, Clemson different. was ranked in Look, the preseason. And, and I, don't, I don't want to be too preachy at fandom. No, I, I think it's great because that every I've year done, you're going in wanting and, to and win done, the conference. I've done some things in the name of fandom <laughs> that sometimes could be hard to explain. Sure, sure. Sure. So I, I I don't I don't want to but to go after the the coach not that that that, not, that nice man was not that that texture right. was Reggie right but to, to see out there in the Twitter sphere and online and I don't I don't go looking for a lot of it but you couldn't get away from oh, it absolutely Sunday. not Mm-mm. you really couldn't and well I guess you could you could just go full uh, <laughs> put it up and I eventually did yeah but to almost have the boycott that i saw some advocating mm. and i mentioned why 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 do you want to do that in a a, a game if you win saturday you're seven and two yeah. all right let, let, let's fast forward let's say win saturday seven yeah. and two all right win on the road at charlotte uh, eight to already book that i mean good okay. lord one home game remaining Possibly could be Seth Hennigan's last home game mm. as a Memphis Tiger, a record-setting, certainly good performer yeah. as a Memphis Tiger, and the chance to for that to pretty much seal mm-hmm. a, a rematch with Tulane and the trip to New Orleans. Yeah. That's what you want to miss through all the years of heartbreak and agony and tough losses, and and still the. The, the conference realignment being slammed in your face. Mm-hmm. This is the point to to de facto boycott. I, it wouldn't be for me, but uh, I don't know. I guess to each is their own. I, I guess, but I, I'm going to say th- their own's dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and then when you look at, it, I mean, I mean, oh, oh, I mean, okay, boycott. I've had enough sure. at, at two and seven, two and eight, mm-hmm. two and nine. Yeah. Um, and and also, I mean, the the conference championship is is still right there for the taking for the Tigers. I mean, you look at the top of uh, of the standings, Tulane right now, which you know they'll be ahead of you unless something just catastrophic happens down the stretch for Tulane. SMU, you play them at home later this season, and UTSA also in front of you, but they also play Tulane. If Tulane beats UTSA and the Tigers finish the season perfect, I'm pretty sure based on the tiebreaker, Memphis would be ahead of UTSA if they beat. SMU, they'll be ahead of, of SMU, and you would have a rematch with Tulane. May I remind people that Tulane beat North Texas 35-28? Yeah, yeah. May I remind people Tulane beat UAB 35-23? Brett not only beat them, had to come back to beat UAB. So, that's defending Cotton Bowl champs, beat Mighty yeah. USC, something that I think we as an extension of the University of Memphis vis-a-vis the American Athletic Conference – Took some pride in. Oh, absolutely, Brett. We were doing jump. We were doing cartwheels in here when when Tulane beat USC. So they they play narrow games. Yeah. And I will remind people the the singular finest moment in this program's history, have winning the hosting and winning the AAC championship mm-hmm. game, and with that win going on to the Cotton Bowl and playing mighty Penn State. Have people forgotten how they won the Tulsa game that year? Oh, man. Don't remind me. Wasn't that as freaky as Saturday? I had like three heart attacks during that game. Let's not make Tulsa any... into anything more than they are. No, bro, they, were, that they, year. Were that year. they were bad that year. They were really bad that year. So, 
it, it, it gets nebulous. It gets threading the needle for a lot of people, yeah. for a lot of games. Uh, Auburn played in a national championship game mm-hmm. because of the tip pass and the kick six. Yep, <laughs> sure did. So, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand, and certainly self-inflicted. Again, this is Tiger fans going in on the Tigers. This is not Mean Oval fans or Ole Miss fans mm. or, or, or Louisville. This is Tiger fans in this kind of open pitch battle with itself. Yeah. And I, again, at, at lesser records than this, I could understand it. But to be this mad over winning, it's just one of the more astounding things. And I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. And and then after Saturday, as as the texter alluded to, it'll all play out. It will. It will all play out. And 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 next Monday, we will be the – I will be the punching bag of all time if it's after a loss to USF. Sure, sure. And, and, you know, you'll take it. I mean, I know know who you are. You will. And – um, but hopefully we won't have to talk about that. Hopefully we'll be talking about a win. I I, I think that that group is so dug in. Yeah, they're rooting to lose. Oh, Brad. Oh man. Oh, I hope that's not true. Oh man. But hey, I, it will all play out, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this weekend, and we'll see uh, what happens as the year go on. But I I just go back to the fact that the the conference championship is still very much in play and and they are they are right there a little housekeeping for tomorrow sure. have your grade book ready at 3 30 all right since october's in the books we'll, right. we'll do grades for september and october for that. teams up to now we'll do that at 3 30 we'll have david Cohn tomorrow at five starting a run through the final four kevin sweeney from college basketball central and sports illustrated with us every wednesday mm. at five o'clock oh i can't wait tomorrow's going to be a fun fun afternoon but let's go ahead get to our final break of the day when we come back we'll wrap up today's show talk about crunch time you already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three-cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. 
Well, Brett, what I learned today is the Memphis women's soccer team beat 8th-seeded UAB earlier this morning in the first round of the AAC Conference Championship. A 2-1 victory for the uh, number one seed Memphis Tigers to start the day in the American. But they were trailing one nothing for most of that game. They scored two goals That's late. one nil, Brian. one nil. excuse me. They were trailing one nil most of the game uh, until two second-half goals put them up. The last one coming in the 88th minute, Brett. Out of uh, 90. Out of and 90. Sometimes there you go. Time. And sometimes extra time. Sometimes extra time. It's a little, a little wonky there right, late I've, I've in soccer, soccer games. Yeah, so a big win for the Tigers. Uh, they'll continue this run in the American on Good Thursday one. as they'll play uh, Charlotte, I mm-hmm. believe. Fifth-seeded Charlotte in the next round Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock. That game also on ESPN+. I learned that Dabo Sweeney going off on Tyler the Caller on his Monday night weekly talk show, uh, there was a lot of right and a lot of wrong in all of it. The litany of his accomplishments, right on. He he was right. Yeah, uh, he is right. But too bad if he thinks he he can it, he, it can be that rough at Clemson if he ever wanted to have Mama called. If Bama ever calls, he better hang up. If he got that sensitive at Clemson, I don't think he can handle being Bama coach. Yeah, no, it was rough stuff. For sure, for Dad. But what I could have done without... Brett, another year? Another Louisville exhibition loss to a D2 opponent. Last year, it was Lenore Ryan. This year, Kentucky Wesleyan. Shout out, Kentucky the night Wesleyan. Of their lives. Oh, absolutely. My buddy plays football at Kentucky Wesleyan. I texted him after the game and was like, dude, this is Mascot insane. Is. Uh, the Wildcats, I Go think. Go Cats. Um, but he said that they were having the time of their life watching that game and supporting uh, their friends they knew on the basketball team. But this uh, it's looking scary for Kenny Payne uh, in his time at Louisville. As a team, they shot 34% from the field, 26% from three, and could not put Kentucky Wesleyan away. If 71, he gets fired, you know who should hire him as his number one assistant who's immediately? That? Who's that? Penny Hardaway. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. This is a guy that has been an assistant at a lot of different places. Great. Just can't make it work at Louisville. I could have done without this 0-4 start for the Grizzlies. Nobody had that in the preseason. First time since 2004. Luka was 9 of uh, uh, was nine of ten uh, l- last night against the Grizzlies. Uh, for the Grizzlies in 2004-2005, first year at FedEx Forum, they started 0-13. Wow. Where are you beaming tonight? Beam me to the World Series. Oh, I love it. I'm going to beam to some action tonight. I want both games. It looks like we've got snow in the forecast for both of them, so could be certainly a cold one but could be a winter wonderland out there with all of the snow. But a ton of action tonight all over the place. Maction, uh, MLB, you got some NBA as well, so it should be a really, really fun night. But enjoy the night. Happy Halloween. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.